Hey, guess what? This is a different episode than what you would normally hear on the Happen to Your Career podcast. Why? Well, because it's what we call a disappearing episode, which as it turns out, is exactly what it sounds like. It's around for a few days and then poof, it disappears. And we do this for a couple of different reasons. One, we get to share what's going on behind the scenes or connect you to new and different resources. Or sometimes we just have really fun topics that we're working on behind the scenes and we want to be able to share that with our listeners. So today, well, it's a combination of all of those. We have a few things that are going on that are quite fun and some th- I wanted to share with you specifically a couple of things that I've been working on for at this point years just and you've heard me reference this maybe once or twice on the on the happen to your career podcast on our regular episodes but myself and the team have been working on a new book for Oh my goodness, it's probably been a total of uh, approaching four years now. It's been a project. Well, we are in it hot and heavy, and I wanted to share one of the chapters, or at least a portion of one of the chapters, called How to Make Success Inevitable for Your Career Change. Now, I also wanted to share with you what else we have going on behind the scenes, but first, I wanted to go ahead and read this chapter for you, or at least a portion of this chapter. So, here we go. March 10th, 2019, 8.38 a.m. An airplane takes off from Ethiopia's capital, Addis Ababa. Everything seems fine. The passengers relax and settle in for the two hours and 15-minute flight to Kenya. Unfortunately, they never make it. Just six minutes into the flight, the plane shifted into an uncontrollable nosedive. The pilots, unable to react, couldn't save the plane from crashing into the ground. There's no doubt it is a tragic event with no survivors. And even more unfortunate, this wasn't the only time it occurred. Just months before, this same event with the very same model of plane plunging into the Java Sea off of Jakarta. What the heck was happening here? Why were there planes full of people plunging into the ground? Were these new pilots? Miscalculation of fuel? This must be a newer plane to the market, right? Nope, it turned out that it was a Boeing 737, the most popular airplane in the world with more than 9,600 produced at the time of this recording. After extensive investigation, it was determined that the anti-stall systems installed on the planes caused it to plunge unchecked into the ground. Now, I'm not an expert in aerospace engineering. However, my friends that are aerospace engineers have told me just how odd this is in the world of commercial aircraft. Odd because normally all commercial jets have built-in redundancy upon built-in redundancy. And I don't know if that's redundant redundancy. Absolutely every sensor, system, valve, engine, all of it. If something fails, there is another highly intentional system that kicks in to replace it. Add to it that the pilots are trained on all of this, adding you guessed it, further redundancy, and it makes it almost inevitable that your plane will not make it safely to the final destination. It's going to. As you might imagine, the Federal Aviation Administration intervened. They quickly grounded the affected 737s, and at that point in time, I took a special interest because 
Over $16 billion of these mothballed jets came to be stored in my hometown, Moses Lake, Washington, where my family and I currently live. I've always thought the idea that with enough planning, enough strategy, and enough expertise that you could create a path that would ultimately be successful every time, even when something or multiple somethings fail along the way. It further fascinated me that you could even plan for everything to fail and design redundancy into the plan and into the system. Now, I would ask you to consider this. The FAA won't tolerate an airplane flying around that doesn't have systems to ensure it gets to its destination every single time. So why would you tolerate a plan for career change that also literally takes your life and your work into your hands? After all, in the very last chapter, which I am not reading, but just pretend we did the last chapter, we discovered how your work is intertwined with your entire life in inescapable ways. I don't know about you, but I wanted a plan for inevitable success. I wanted to expect the same level of success that air officials, pilots, and passengers all expect when they board an airplane. Even when something fails, it will still arrive safely at the destination every time. I've adopted this approach and evolved it as we work with clients all over the world. Inevitable success for career change. When your goal is to become a happy high achiever, it's different in many ways than boarding an airplane. The main difference is when you're a human, even a high performing one, en route to a career change, many more things will likely go wrong than on the average flight. You might be well into making your career change, making great progress. Then your right-hand person at work accepts another job, leaving you with a highly increased workload. Or maybe you're making great progress, reaching out to potential organizations that you'd love to work with, and everyone is very responsive. And then for a solid month, it seems like nobody will return your calls, emails, and messages. My wife and I unexpectedly had to find a babysitter in the midst of making one of my career changes. And if you have children, you know just how much hair can be torn out, trying to make sure that your mini humans are getting cared for. Sometimes things don't even have to go wrong. What if your current job comes to you and says, hey, guess what? We'd love to offer you a promotion. Great, right? Except that you know that all of your time and flexibility that you currently have is going to go up in smoke with the learning and curve of this new wonderful promotion. The point is, life happens. It's not going to stop happening just because you decided to make a career change. So let's plan for it to keep happening along the way. In fact, you've committed to making a career change, taking hold of the reins, and continuing to hold on to what you've declared to be important to you in spite of everything else. That has to be a part of the plan. This chapter will break apart the most common areas of plans for inevitable success that happy high achievers use, and I'll show you real examples of how each area works. Purpose. How do you use the psychology of something larger than yourself? People. Who will you need on your team for accountability or as resources? Foundation. What will you need to change to set your environment up for success from making the time all the way to literally where and how you're doing the work 
all the way even to making sure that you have the finances to be able to make your career change. Learning. Career change is a process that almost nobody does all of the parts well. How will you make a plan to learn and apply what you're learning along the way? Momentum. How will you feel like it's working or leading you where you want to go? Especially when you're five months in and things seem to not be working. How will you build that momentum into it? Lastly, identifying ways that will stop you in advance. That way you can do something about them before they happen. If you address each of these areas for yourself prior to making your career change, you'll create a solid plan for inevitable success. Inevitable because if you've truly thought through each of these areas, you'll have set yourself up to be pulled forward. I say pulled forward because this type of career change where you become a happy achiever and the other end is difficult, very difficult. In fact, with all the people my team and I have helped make career changes, we've had exactly zero people say, yeah, it was way easier than what they thought it would be. Actually, almost all people say, well, it was way harder than what I thought it would be. Way harder, but worth it. And just as a side note, since you're listening to this on the podcast, you've probably heard so many of the people that we've brought on the podcast to share their stories of how they've made career change say that exact same thing over and over and over, almost like clockwork. Yes, it's harder every time, but still very, very worth doing. If you're going to do something that very few people in the world have done, then it's going to require a different level of preparation than what you're used to. Olympic runners don't jump right from middle school track to the Olympics without a large amount of preparation. In fact, they wouldn't even earn their spot in the Olympics without the prerequisite work for it to be possible. Although career change is not the Olympics, it still does require a different level of preparation to make it happen. This begins with your plan for inevitable success. The first part of the plan is psychological. Purpose. Let me ask you a question. Why is this career change important to you? Over the last 10 years, my team and I have been asking people this question on forums, in conversations, in email. We've asked it many thousands of times in a multitude of ways. The answers range widely. Those that provide meaningful answers, or those that I should say are meaningful to you, create much more power as you are making any type of change. Here's the reason why we've found over the course of time that when it relates specifically to something that you are emotionally attached to, it becomes easier to utilize that and identify with it when it does very well very much get hard later on in the process. This means that if you're more emotionally and viscerally connected to your purpose for changing, you have a higher likelihood of making it happen when it gets hard. It also means that you can't fake this part. (laughs) It's real or it's not. And if it's real, it can be real powerful. This is why vision boards have grown steadily in popularity since 2010 and the age of Pinterest. However, it's not just about envisioning the result. Vision boards used alone don't work because it's only part of the equation. It's about creating continual action when most people would give up. 
Purpose can assist with that. And if you're strategic about it, it can be used as a motivator or even a tactic. One of the more functional ways that you can do this is to create what are called associative reminders. These reminders can be time-based, activity-based, or even visual reminders of why you're doing something. When it gets hard, it's important to remember what's at stake. When you're identifying purpose, it's important to dig down past the surface level answers. You can do this by asking yourself, why do I want that? The more specific and more it strikes an emotional chord with you, the better. Here's a few real life examples. Now, this in the writing of the book, we actually show a little a chart and it's separated out by good, better, and best examples here, just to give you a little bit of comparison. So I'm going to read some of the examples here. However, I'll share with you what's a good, better, and best version. Okay, good. I want to feel good when I go to work each day. Better. I want to feel appreciated by the people that I work with, and I want to feel like the work I'm doing is contributing. Best. I want to work with people who appreciate that I'm focused on the future, but also pay attention to the small details and then the work I'm doing. I get thank yous directly from the person who it's impacting. Now, that's an example of getting really clear on what you want and why it's important to you. Okay, here's another example. I want flexibility. That's a good example. Better. I want to be able to make it to my kids' events. Best. I want my kids to know that they are the most important thing to me and I will always be there for the important things in their lives. I also want them to know that I will choose to be there for the small things as well, besides the school plays, besides the musicals, and besides the sporting events. I also want to be there for the other smaller in-between pieces. Okay, that's an example of really getting to the heart of the matter. That last example deeply resonates with me too. That's definitely something I feel quite a bit and feel attached to. That's what you need to do for yourself. Once you've identified the deeper purpose of making this, or for that matter, any change, then you can take the next step. And it doesn't have to be long. It doesn't even have to be a certain format. It just has to be meaningful to you. After identifying the most important reasons for the change, many of our clients have chosen to put this info where they can see it all the time as a reminder. Sometimes they simply have a piece of paper printed off and posted in a place where they will see it every day. Others write on colorful sticky notes and add it to their mirror. Still others put a note card in their wallet. Identifying your purpose in making the change and then reminding yourself frequently is one thing that will help you with everything else that comes along the way. I personally have kept ceramics that my kids made me front and center in my office to remind me that I'm doing this for my kids and that I want to role model that they don't need to settle for work in a life that is simply good enough. No matter what you choose, it has to remind you of why you're doing this and what is the driving force for making the change. Also, this will help you be able to explain to other people why it's important to you to make this change. And, and you're going to need to articulate this when you build your career change team, which as it turns out, is the next section of your plan for inevitable success.
people, your team. After studying how humans make big changes for years, I've realized that when you go deep into the stories of rags to riches or the overnight successes, you find all of them, not some of them, all of them didn't do it on their own. They all had people, sometimes many people involved, friends, family, mentors, relationships that blossomed. It's never just them acting 100% alone of their own volition. This is not only different from how the media often portrays these stories, but also eye-opening to realize that if you want to do something big, you might as well get accustomed to the idea that it's dependent on other people. What if you thought about this career change as a project, gathering the right team of people needed to make that project happen? Well, it turns out that this, this is a project much like building a house, planning a large wedding, or even getting a master's degree. None of those happen without much involvement from other people. If you're tempted for a second to think that you can do something like a master's degree on your own, then you're completely forgetting that you're paying for all those professors to learn their individual subjects and then show up and teach you. All of the people who helped you register for classes, maybe a significant other who supported you and put up with your complaining when you had a paper due, all the groups involved in the group projects that the teachers assigned, your mentor who helped you along the way. You can't forget about any of these people. People are there, deeply entrenched and involved to allow that project to become possible. The same is true for planning a wedding or building a house. Unless, of course, you met your spouse in Vegas and got married four hours later in a Star Wars-themed wedding. But even then, you still relied on someone dressed like a Wookiee to lead you through the I do's. This means that your plan must include the right combination of other people to help with your needs for this career change project. It turns out, though, that each of us have slightly different needs for the people on our career change team. When we had Gretchen Rubin, author of the New York Times bestseller, The Happiness Project, onto the Happen to Your Career podcast, which, by the way, if you want to listen to that episode, then you can go search Gretchen Rubin in our feed and or search for Gretchen Rubin uh, in the titles and, and she'll pop right up. Search Gretchen Rubin, Happen to Your Career, and then that episode will pop right up. Anyhow, when she and I chatted, we discussed what she calls the four tendencies. These tendencies, in my opinion, are the simplest way to think about how humans respond to expectations. Gretchen's point is that we all respond differently to expectations. For example, what she calls obligers benefit from accountability from others because they respond more highly to others' expectations of them than their own expectations of themselves. How you respond to expectations is very helpful to know because you can embed it into your plan. For example, when you're building your team, if you already know that you respond to others' expectations in the form of accountability, then that means you're going to need to include an accountability partner in the form of a coach, a mentor, or even a friend that you trust that has a lot of extra time on their hands. Here are the most common roles that play parts in the plans of the people that we get to support through large career changes. 
Now there's a whole graphic and table that goes along with this that we are actively developing right now, but I want to just read you off pieces of it and give you an example of some of the different roles. Much later on when this goes through editing, uh, we'll actually have a designer draw out, um, an illustrator draw out graphic that's associated with this here. For the moment though, here's some examples of the roles. Accountability partner. Examples of who this could be for you. A friend, the type that's willing to hurt your feelings because they care about you. Another person going through a career change. A career coach. Groups. Online community of other career changers. This could also be a small group of local people who are making or have made a change in the past. One other person who is currently making the change. A mentor. Someone who's made the type of change that you want to make. A professional expert. This could be a career coach. This could be a strategist or advisor in the areas that you need the most help with. A sounding board. This could be a friend a coach or a career coach, a peer, or even a therapist. Other people who have a vested interest in your success. Now, don't forget about these people. These people, whether you want them to, become a part of your plan. If you just forget about them, they are going to be there anyways, and it's so much better to have them on board. That makes your success truly inevitable. This could be a significant other. This could be kids. This could be other people that are important in your life that may not have a specific relationship to you, but do have a vested interest in your particular success. Hey, so this is just an excerpt from one of the chapters, and it just happens to be chapter four in the book that we're working on. The reason I wanted to share it is for a few different reasons. One, people always ask us what we have going on and what I regularly get people asking what I'm working on too. So this is part of what I am actively working on right this moment. But more importantly than that, I wanted to share this little excerpt just to help you begin thinking about your career and your life differently. If there's things that you want, if you're making big changes, if you are trying to identify what really creates a wonderful set of next steps for you and beyond, then part of what that's going to require is not doing the same thing over again, not doing the same thing that you've done in the past, not even approaching it the same ways that you've done in the past. So planning for inevitable success is one of those ways that we have developed over the years that really helps people move through big changes. So what I just read includes a couple of those areas. It included, as I mentioned, your team. It also included um, identifying really what is your purpose. And those sound like really small things. However, when you are multiple months into a rather large change in one way or another, and it starts to get really hard 
and all the difficulties and setbacks are popping up, which always happen. We've yet to see someone go through and make a big career change where they're moving into the unicorn type role on the other end, something that you know very people, very few people in the world get to do in one way or another. All of those people experience setbacks, and that's something that is difficult to understand when you're listening to a podcast and you're listening to, you know, we typically do like 35 to 45 minute episodes, right? And in a 35 to 45 minute snapshot, you just don't really get all of the, all of the challenges that they faced along the way and how they had to work through them. And it it makes for a really, really wonderful story when they have gone through it, they've accepted their new role but we miss a lot of the parts and pieces along the way. This stuff is hard. And that's part of the reason why it's worth doing. It's worth going through, you know, three, four, five, 10, 12 months of difficulty in order to live a completely different life that most people in the world don't get to live. So that's part of the reason why we are writing the book. This is part of the reason why I'm giving you some glimpses into what it actually takes to be able to get there. So I really hope that you'll start thinking about what you need to build your plan for inevitable success, whether you are after a career change or whether you are just wanting to do work that really matters to you in one way or another. Hey, if you want further help with this and you want to understand how we can very best help you and support you, uh, like we have done with so many other clients that you've heard on this podcast over and over and over again with their stories, then here's what I would suggest. Drop me an email, scott at happentoyourcareer.com. Put conversation in the subject line. And what we'll do is we'll get back to you. Either myself or my team will get back to you and we'll make sure that we can set up a time to have a conversation. Uh, You can have a conversation with someone on my team. Usually that is uh, a Cindy or a Philip. Um, they are absolutely wonderful at identifying the very best ways that we can help. They will ask you quite a few questions about your situation and then we'll recommend the best way that we can support you. Or if for some reason we can't, we'll be very transparent about that too, but just open up your email, put conversation in the subject line, send it to Scott at happen to And we'll figure out the best way that we can help you make your own plan for inevitable success and identify what your next step is. Hey, if you enjoyed that and want to hear more little tidbits of work that we're doing behind the scenes, don't hesitate to let us know. Or if there's something else that you want to hear that you haven't heard on the podcast, just let us know that as well. You are the reason that we're doing this, period. So uh, we make this entire show, entire podcast. We produce it especially for you. That way you can make your own nearly impossible changes in your work, in your career, and get to lead a life and career that no one else gets to, quite frankly. So we want you to be able to do that. Hey, I'll talk to you and see you next week on the next episode. Until then, I am out. Adios.